because it's, it's a young black coach getting his first head coaching opportunity. He's been in the league a long time mm-hmm. as an assistant, and he was in Charlotte for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I feel sorry that he had to come into that situation because you were a head coach. Now you know that when you got all these distractions going on with your best player, it distracts from everything that you're trying to do as a coach. Oh, yeah, for sure. I know my best practices are when I can go to the gym and worry about the whole team rather than worry about if one player showed up or if one player is angry or whatever, you know. It's always easier. So I feel sorry for Stephen Silas from that standpoint. But Houston had to make this trade uh, right. because, obviously, hard enough, he doesn't want to be there. Exactly. And you know, you know I, I know for me, I don't want any player to play for me who doesn't want to be there. Because I know he's going to eventually spew all that anger and viciousness to the rest of the te- team, and then now you got division among the team. You know? Exactly. So, so Houston had to get rid of him, and Houston got to—you know—they're at fault because I go back three, four years ago when they were talking about all this analytics stuff with Daryl Morey and all the, those guys. They're telling me that analytics told you you can win by planning the way that you've been playing with James Harden. You know, isolation ball, dribble 25 times, let him score 40, and then everybody else standing around watching. No, I've never seen that win anywhere on any level. Well, it might work at a younger level because the best players usually, you know. Right, exactly. Yeah, you know, when you're a kid and you're playing AU stuff, maybe you can get away with it then. But at a pro level, no. So Houston has to blame themselves for that. And then, uh, but I do think they have to make this trade. If I'm Brooklyn, I probably would make the trade as well, just from the standpoint of you feel like you're close and you want to, you know, try to get over the top. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, though, with all three of those. those yeah, because now it goes back to not having one dominant, one ball dominant player, but two, two ball dominant players on the same team. That's right. <laughs> and, then, and then your third guy, which is arguably one of the best, well, one of the top three best players in the world right now, right? What the heck is he gonna do? Now, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Now, you, you were a, um, is your is your is your jersey retired at USC Women's? It, 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 it is, yo, yo. I was the first one <laughs> back in the day. So, retired Jersey, NBA NBA player, right, in the state of North Carolina, right? You, I'm gonna just ask you straight out. So, why have you taken your act, your coaching act, abroad and not coaching the NBA, or not giving an opportunity to coach at your school, who get the brakes beat off of them on a regular basis <laughs> over the last several decades where you, an established, proven international coach and NBA player, has, has never, well, I, I, I can say never, I don't know, you, 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 you'll, you'll tell me that, but you had to take your show overseas in order in order to get a head coaching opportunity. Yeah, I, I, I think about it every now and then. Now, I, I will say this, I started... I initially, it's funny, in school, I majored in phys ed because I said, you know what, I want to coach one day. Mm-hmm. When I started playing professionally and saw how the coaching carousel went, I was like, nah, I don't think I want to deal with this because coaches come and go all the time. Mm-hmm. 
then after I stopped playing, I wanted to get into the media thing. So I did the uh, sports talk radio. I did college basketball commentating and all that. I didn't get into the coaching thing until I was around 40. So I got into it late. That's, that's, that's one bad thing right there because what I tell young kids now is that they always focus on just playing. They want to play. They want to be pro athletes. I'm right. telling them, chances are you're not going to do that. But you can stay in the game by being in the coaching ranks, in the front office ranks, and stuff, mm-hmm. and trainers and stuff like that nowadays, you know. And where white guys getting in over us is that they don't focus on playing. They focus on those other jobs. Early out. Early That's out. That's right. They <laughs> intern. Out. When they get in, when they finish college, they intern at 22, 23. They get in on some team at the low level at 24, 25 years old, and they work their way up. And then next thing you know, they're a head coach or GM at 30. You see? That's good I stuff. I started out at 40. Yep. I was thinking, oh, I, I want to play as long as I can, blah, blah, blah. Then I don't start coaching until 40. So I'm already behind the eight ball. Way right. behind. Okay, and then that being said, I wanted to be at the pro level because I wanted to just focus on X's and O's. I didn't want to deal with no college recruiting. I didn't care if they went to study hall. I don't care if they're making an A, B, C, or D. None of that. I didn't want daddy who has a player on the team, a big alumni, rich alumni, telling me who can play, who needs to be on the team. I didn't want to deal with all the college aspects right. of sports, you know, mm-hmm. and so that's why I always focus on the uh, on the on the pro level. Mm-hmm. And now I did interview with the Hornets for a G League position back in 2000. I think it was 15. Mm-hmm. And you know, I had a good interview with them. And at the time, I was coaching in Japan, and uh, they ended up hiring. I believe it was I, I can't even remember the guy's name. I had never heard of. Uh, and so he was there for a year or two. He gets fired. Then hired Joe Wolf. He gets fired. So I don't know, but I do know this. You know, one thing I've learned as well. You probably have to have to deal with, deal, with, deal with this yourself. A lot of coaching staff don't want to bring people like us over to be on their staff because a lot of coaches are insecure. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, if, let's say you got a thirty like UNC Wilmington that has a young uh, 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 a young coach there and a head coach first year. Mm-hmm. Who is like in his early 30s? Does he want me looking over his shoulders every day, seeing what he's doing, knowing that I got more experience, knowing that I've done more than him, knowing right. that I would know if he's doing the right thing or not? A lot Certainly of coaches not. don't. That's right. A lot Certainly of coaches not. don't want that. Dude. Yeah, and I'm sure you've had to deal with that, where you're definitely qualified, much more so than somebody else who gets a head job. Right. But the AD may not know that much about this, that, the other. And he hires someone that he's comfortable with. You know? Somebody knows. That's right. That's right. And so, and a lot of head coaches don't want an assistant coach looking over their shoulder like, wow, you know what? If I lose three or four, they want, they going to let Rousson come in here because Rousson was a former player here. He was a, he's a uh, internationally winning championship coach. Mm-hmm. I, I know that, you know, I, I may not be here long. So they don't want to deal with that. You right. Know? So I, 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 I'm in that, that position now where it's really hard to get on like that and then your age also plays a factor mid 50s now you know mm-hmm. so a lot of schools want to go younger and a lot of staffs want to be younger and so forth so I, I get all that but if, if it was me of course I, I would hire whoever was on the basketball games and do it the right way especially right. at the college level you know yeah because you know you're dealing with college kids first thing they want to know is we're going to be on TV do I have a chance to play pro ball 
and with our connections, playing pro and all that, knowing who we know and, and all that, you know, it would be a no-brainer, you know? You know what, I thought about that, man, and um, I said the same thing. If if I'm an AD, you know, if I'm, a, if I'm in an AD position, one of the people I'll be looking at is, is a coach that, number one, can build a program who's proven that he can build from the ground up because you know I know just talking to Pat Riley years ago Pat Riley said that he would never take a job that he didn't have a chance to be successful in well you know as a, as a black coach you don't get that chance you get very seldom do you step into yeah, yeah. a winning program yeah. you know and, and let's be real about it I mean yeah, I, I'm, just, exactly. I'm, you know, I've coached 20, this is my 26th year and I was only able to step into a winning program one time and we won the championship you know but but when you look at the uh, the number of black coaches that's out there, only one that I can recall actually stepped into a winning program. That was Tubby Smith at Kentucky, yeah. and he won the national championship the year he stepped in. But but most guys, they they step into they take with programs that are at the bottom. That's right. You know, that's so right. so if that guy can turn can turn that program around and, and, and build and win. To me, that's the best qualified guy. But you're talking about somebody like us who. If you're, if you're hiring us, you're hiring a guy who has won all over the world in very diverse environments, right? So he knows how to deal with, with different different you know different types of kids. Uh, also, the type of player he's going to bring with him. Because if you're hiring for a mid-major job, for example, mid-major job is never going to get the dominating post player. Because that's, that's the big difference. That's, that's the game changer is, is the post play, right? So... A guy like yourself, a guy like me, and so many other guys that we know, um, we're gonna bring that foreign dominating post player, and that and that changes the whole. I mean, the whole layout, man. When you when you got that dominating post player, you got two two six ten seven foot guys down there. <laughs> and a guy come off the bench like that. That is the game changer. It sure is. Yeah, and and you know we see a lot of raw. African big who can play who are very athletic let's put it this way they're very athletic right who are young six feet nine ten eleven some seven feet sometimes block shots can run all day long still learning how to play well we can, we know where we can find those a dime a dozen dime a lot dozen. of schools don't you know, dime a dozen. that's it and if you surround them with more skilled players that you might have as as, as your guards and wings here all of a sudden, yeah, you're going to win a mid-major conference title. You're going to win a, uh, just throwing different conferences out there, like mm-hmm. Colonial, where UNC Wilmington is, or Southern Conference. Right. Uh, you know, uh, some, some, some of the other uh, mid-major schools. Right. Yeah, Big South, Horizon League, stuff mm-hmm. like that, Conference USA. You can win that conference. Yes, sir. With yes, just sir. one of those players. That's right. But a lot of these coaches, E, they don't have any clue on how to go about trying to find those type players. And, and a lot of those players that do come from abroad, they usually go to the bigger schools because exactly. they know the Kentuckys and Dukes uh, from from all over the world, where they don't know the UNC Wilmington of the world, you know, or the, mm-hmm. maybe the South Floridas or the Central Floridas or somewhere like that, you know. Right. So that's why again, it's an advantage for us, you know. So if I'm an AD, I'm thinking in terms of all of that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what this guy can bring to the table. But a lot of them. As we know too, don't even know. They don't know that much about right. international basketball. Let's say. Or-
and building those relationships because you know there's a big thing now you know in the NFL you know that um, NFL is just not hiring enough black coaches and so the question is you can't make an owner hire somebody that he don't want to hire so yeah you have the you have the Rooney the Rooney rule that basically says that you got to interview a minority coach but all they're doing now man right. it, that's, that's a token interview that's not that's not a real interview it's yeah, a token yeah. interview yeah you know yeah they have no intention of hiring yeah. exactly. exactly so you can't make these people hi, hi, you know hire you, you can't make them hire you know a, a black coach but I think you have to develop a relationship with, with these people because it's the same thing yeah. same thing for us yeah. if if I don't know you I'm probably not going to hire you as my assistant coach <laughs> I'm just I'm probably I'm probably not yeah. same as the AD yeah. if, I, if yeah. I don't know you as an AD That's or right. a friend of mine know you I'm probably not going to hire you as my coach you know that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and I, and I totally understand that. Cause I always say, you know, when people get mad about, well, this black coach didn't get hired. I'm saying, well, we got to be in more power play positions. We got to own more, you know, we got to take ownership control. And right. therefore, but then when we, when we're in those positions, now we can hire people that look like us, but maybe, right. You know, until we're in that position, it's going to still continue to be like this now, you know, uh, like I just saw three NFL coaches get hired, I think, in the last 24 hours. And none of them are Eric Bieniemy, the assistant coach for the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, they say he's the best offensive coordinator. You know, they won the Super Bowl last year. I don't get it. But I understand it because, like you just said, he, you know, if you're the owner of a store or a company or a team or whatever, you get to hire who you want to. Whether they black, brown, look like you, look, look like someone else, it's your product. You get to do that. Jackson went to Golden State. Nobody thought twice about Golden State back in the early uh, 2010s and so forth. So he builds into a winner on the brink of winning, gets fired. Steve Kerr comes in, gets all the credit. Haven't heard from Mark Jackson except for announcing the game since then. Exactly. So those are just some examples right there. Just some examples in basketball. Much less, there's more examples in college basketball, football, and, and pro football, and even in managers in baseball where we you know again we're always on the short end of the uh, hiring ladder right when it comes to getting hired like that it's amazing and and i'll tell you something that a lot of people don't don't know uh because they're not in the business but and you know i think i forget what year it was but it was i mean the year where i just taken the um i just accepted the job to be the national coach of, of bahrain and um so before i went over, you know, I decided, you know, to go around the different different colleges and kind of watch and see what guys were doing, you know, this kind of thing. And man, the thing that I noticed is that um, almost every place I went, I won't I won't say the name of the universities, most of those coaches are not there anyway, but almost every place that I went and they had a black guy on the staff, that black guy had no on floor coaching responsibilities. All he was doing was two things, or one of two things, recruiting and babysitting. You know, that's what it was. So what happens is when when he finally does become fortunate to get a head coaching job, he gets a losing program. And then because he doesn't have the real technical skills 
to run a program as a head coach, he loses. You know, he gets his brain beat. He gets his brains beat out. Is it go well? See, this guy can't coach. Yeah. And, he, and he doesn't get another chance to be a head coach. That's right. And if it's he does, he's got to go down to division. Yeah. And if he does get another job at that point, he's probably got to go down to like division three something, NAIA something to, to start way down here again. Right. You know, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. Or he has to go to the HBCU, <laughs> and the HBCU is right. because because he come from a big a big PWI, <laughs> but not understanding, he's not gonna win. Number one, he didn't know how to coach without resources. That's, that's the best point thing, and he has no true exactly. coaching experience. Great recruiter, but it's easy to recruit right. when you recruit for Kentucky or you recruit for a Power yeah. Five school. It's, it's easy. <laughs> exactly. yep. It's like, so I, 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 you know. Yeah, I make the argument that that the, the true best coaches to be are in HBCUs, bro. That, that's 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 my argument. I've coached on both. I've coached HBCUs and PWIs. To me, the, the true coaches are HBCUs because they coach with the least amount of resources, and and they're working with with with, with uh, one star and two star players. <laughs> so, and, and, and that's why if you do get an HBCU job, for example, and you make the turn, you almost, almost every time have to get out and go on to something big and better after that because the chances of you getting a, another prime recruit to help you to continue to win right. is going to be slim to none. And then, like we said, too, your resources to recruit or your resources for your facilities are limited, so it's going to be tough to get, uh, you know, continue the, the winning program there because players are not going to want to go there. You yeah. Know? Uh, and you know, I, I was hoping, I was hoping that with everything that happened with the BLM movement last summer, you did see the one uh, top re- recruit go to, I think it was oh, signed with Howard. Yeah, with Howard. I thought that was going to, yeah, I thought it was going to be a trend. Yeah, I was hoping that it would become more of a trend where black players would be like, hey, you know what, man. Let me go play instead of playing at Kentucky or North Carolina. Let me go play at HBCU. They help get them on the map. They right. help bring them no ride. They help bring them, you know, more funds to their program. Because mm-hmm. if you're that good, you're gonna get you're gonna go to the NBA from there as you would at Carolina or if, as if, if you would went over to uh if you would have went overseas. Right. If you're a, a prime five-star recruit coming out of high school, you can choose or the G League. You can choose any method you want to for that one year and then go to the NBA. Right. It doesn't really matter, you know. So I was hoping that more guys would do it, but they're still not doing it as much as I thought they would do it, you know, to be honest. Well, with you. well, yeah. well, because you, you know how the AAU works. You know, the AAU is controlling everything through through the shoe companies. Well, the shoe companies are controlling everything through the AAU teams, you know. So at the end of the day, those, those kids are going to go wherever the shoe company and the AAU people, their handlers, tell them to go, you know, so it's very similar, you're going to get a guy who just goes against all of that, you know, like, I guess this guy, uh, 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 Thor, because they Thor, Maker, one of those guys, uh, did that, I mean, so, that's, to me, that's the big, that's, that's the big difference, man, you know, but, let me ask you this, though, do you know how many, how many head coaches that have coached at the HBCU who have gone on to be head coaches at a PWI. Just do it. 
HBC, yeah, they went HBCU first. Yeah, they started at HBCU, and then they, you know, they had success, and then they were hired by a PWI as a head coach, not an assistant, but as a head coach. Same resources, they would not be as successful either. 